Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We're reminded, Lord, that you said we should always pray for those in authority, and so we pray for our leaders in our nation, in our state, and right here on the local level, our county and our city. Father, that your hand would be upon them, that your grace would be given to them. Father, Father, that we'd have good government, that decisions that would come out of Washington and Tallahassee and Gainesville and High Springs, Father, would be, would be decisions that honor you. Father, that are in support of godliness and, and the values of the Word of God. Father, we pray for good government for the church's sake. Glory to God, so that there would be an atmosphere of of, of repentance and hunger and stirring and believing God in this nation. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have you found Acts 22? Well, I want you to look at verse number 14. Hallelujah. Acts 22, verse number 14. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. I want to read this again. He said that the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. You know, the Bible teaches us that God has a plan for every person's life. Amen. The Bible says in the New Testament that no man lives unto himself and no man dies unto himself. Whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. Now, that's a twofold application to the believer because we know as a Christian we are the Lord's because we've been born again into his family. But even those outside the family of God from a redemptive position, just those who are alive today, people in general are still God's creation. And when the apostle Paul was preaching to the unbelievers on Mars Hill, he said, for in him we live and move and have our being. That tells me that in one sense, in uniquely we are the family of God as being born again, but then in a broader sense, all of humanity belongs to the Creator. The Bible says that God created all things, and for His pleasure and for His will, they were created. Isn't that right? And so, and so in, in one sense, everybody belongs to God. Everybody has a purpose, amen, from a creative standpoint. God knows those who are in his family in a way he doesn't know others, but he still knows everybody, amen. He knew, he knew you before you were born again. He had a plan for your life, praise God. And you heard about that plan and you acted on that plan and your life was dramatically changed. You were redeemed, you were born again, saved. You came in to, the, to, to a fuller measure of his plan for your life. But God has a plan for everybody. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, and I, like I said, the Bible says that, that he created all things for his pleasure. And the Bible also teaches that all people, where every man, woman, and child will stand before God. 
and give an account of himself. God has a plan for your life. He is, and not just in a general sense, God has a specific plan for you. If you're not following God's plan, you're never going to experience God's best. If you're not following God's plan, you'll never know real contentment, real satisfaction, real purpose, real meaning in life. If you're going your own way and, and resisting God's plan, you'll always have a sense of unaccomplishment. You'll always have a sense of dissatisfaction, of not being fully blessed, fully enjoying life. That's why people in the world do so many ridiculously crazy things trying to find purpose, trying to, trying to squeeze some sense of satisfaction out of this life. But it's all in vain if you don't know the Lord. Amen. No, God has a plan for all of our lives. And he wants us to know what it is. Amen. This verse right here says, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will. You know, God wants you to know his will. Amen. Hallelujah. Go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe not just in 2011, but in this age in which we live, this time, in, in, uh, in, in the sense of the time of man, the world we live in, the things going on in the world, and the fact that even though we're born again and we're, in, we're not of this world, we are still in this world, and the things of this world can impact us in ways they shouldn't impact us if we would follow God's plan for our life. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Even though we're not of this world, we're in this world. And because we're in this world, the things that go on in this world can impact us in a way they shouldn't impact us. I'm saying that as children of God, we can live free from the expectations, the, the demands and the currents and the fads and, and the situations that confront men today. We can live independently of those things and we do that by following God's plan. He said, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, a lot of people have strange ideas of what it means to be wise. To be wise is to know and follow God's plan. That's wisdom. Amen. It's not talking about natural wisdom. It's talking about the wisdom that comes from God, which affects all realms, the natural as well as the spiritual. Amen. We should know the will of God for our life. I believe as Christians, it's, it's essential because of the times we're, in which we live that we know God's plan for us. And God has a unique plan for you, each and every one of you and me. God has a specific, unique plan for our life. Now, I know you've heard that. Don't let the familiarity with that concept just roll over you without taking stock in what I'm saying. God has a plan for you. And, and you're never going to be fulfilled anywhere else or pursuing any other course of action except pursuing his plan. Unless you're pursuing his plan, plan you'll be frustrated in all that you try to do. 
people in the world, of course, are struggling and they're frustrated and they're trying all sorts of things, trying to, to, to lay hold of some meaning in life. Well, we have meaning. But as believers, oftentimes, Christians struggle because they're trying to go it alone. They're, they, they believe in the Lord and they've genuinely been born again, but then they're trying to try, uh, uh, plot their, cho their course according to their own ideas of what they want to do, what they want to accomplish. But the, the, the reality is one day we'll stand before God and we will not give account of, to our plan. We'll give an account to his plan, what he required of us. We need to know his will. Amen. Glory to God. You know, God's not holding and hiding his will from you. And yet I find Christians all the time who are struggling and, and wondering, am I in God's will? Should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Should I pursue this course of action? Should, should I pursue another course of action? Where, you know, just, just in, in conflict. It doesn't have to be that way. God, if God has a plan for your life and he tells us in, in the word, don't be unwise, but understand the will of God for your life, then it stands to reason that he's making that will known. God's making his will known. If you are struggling because you're not sure about what God's will is for your life, and you're perplexed. And, and I find people in that situation that say, Pastor, I, I've been praying. I, I just don't know what to do. I just, I just don't know where to go. I don't know what, the, what I ought to be doing with my life. You, you're not listening. You're not listening because he's making his will known. And if you haven't discovered it yet, then give ear to what I'm saying today. Because there's a way for you to understand God is not hiding his will. The Bible says that wisdom cries in the streets. And yet people go on their way and they don't hear it and they don't recognize. Well, wisdom is crying in the church. The Spirit of God is, is revealing His will to people's hearts. But the problem is so often is we are so in, in, involved in doing our own thing that it's hard for us to, to hear what, God, what God's saying and we're trying to interpret His will in light of what we want to do. And you can't do that. You have, to, you have to open your heart up to the Lord and listen. Listen to what he's saying to you. Amen. Well, God has already revealed the most important aspects uh, of his will in our, in, for our lives. He's already revealed the most important aspects right in his word. You don't have to pray about a lot of things. Isn't that right? I mean, it's, it's his will that you be saved. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to salvation. All be, be born again. Isn't that right? God sent Jesus into the world so that all men could be saved. So it's the will of God. We know that. And yet people struggle. They want to go their own way. And, and uh, you know, there are a lot of people who, uh, they, they want God's will in their life one day. One day I intend to be saved. One day I intend to get right with God. But you see, when you're putting it off, you're resisting God's plan and God's will for your life. And every time you resist him, you become a little more calloused to his plan. You, come, you become a little more indifferent, a little more resistant to, to the uh, working of the Holy Spirit and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. No, we don't need to resist the will of God. We don't need to resist the Spirit of God. We don't re need to resist anything about his plan. It's God's plan that we be born again and enjoy salvation. 
It's his plan that we're filled with the Spirit. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, it says this promise is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to as many afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's God's plan for all believers to be filled with the Spirit. Well, it's God's plan for all people to be filled with the Spirit. Amen, because it's His plan for all to be believers. God wants us all full of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that thanksgiving is the will of God. Amen, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Hallelujah. This could be a, a, a real uh, eye-opener to some people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well... Sister so-and-so, you know, they just, I just enjoy just watching them praise God. They just bless me so much when they're praising God. They just get so happy and so full of joy. It just really blesses me. It's the will of God for you to be full of thanksgiving. Amen. Not grumbling, not complaining, not griping, but to be full, full of thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks. Yeah. That's the will of God. And you see, these things are revealed to us in, our, in, in the Word of God. Many times the reason we can't discern His will in other areas is we're not even obeying His will in the things that He's clearly identified for us to do. Amen. Griping. Just being, you know, just an old discouraged person that's always bad-mouthing everybody and everything and just not happy with anything and just, you know, just it, uh, it, it ill sorts, you know, all the time. Just, you know, you know that kind of person. Are you one of those? If you are, you know, you're, you're struggling because you're not happy because you don't know the will of God for your life. Well, start praising God. Start giving thanks for what you do have. Start thanking God for what you do know. It'll change everything. It'll open your, up, your heart up so that you can hear from God for other things. We know that it's God's will that we all enjoy healing. It's God's will that we all enjoy prosperity. God wants to bless you. Amen. God, the Bible says, takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. We read this morning, I read this morning when we took up the offering. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Amen. Yeah, that's the will of God. I wish, brethren, above all things that you prosper and be in health. That's the blessing of God. It's the will of God. You don't have to pray about it. Amen. Jesus came that we would have abundant life. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, what does, what does the abundant life mean? It means a life of victory. A life of fullness of blessing. Having everything that God has. Everything that's available. Enjoying all of it. God wants you to enjoy the very best to eat the good of the land spiritually as well as naturally. Enjoy all that God has for you. 
The Bible says that, that God always leads us on in triumph. If you aren't triumphing in your life, it's because you're not following the leader. Amen. You're not following the one, because he's le- the only place God leads you is in a direction of victory. That's right. Oh, hallelujah. He wants us to have it all, praise God. Yeah, he does. Well, why don't people have it all? Well, most people are looking for answers in the wrong direction. I mean, if the answer is behind me, if the direction's behind me, and I'm out here looking like this, and like this, and like this, am I ever going to find the answer? You have, you have to look in the direction the answer's coming from. And most people, even most Christians, are looking for direction. They're trying to get direction from God, but they're looking the wrong way. Now, I'm not saying they're not sincere. They are sincere. Very sincere. Just really want to know God's perfect will for their life. And so they're searching, searching out here. And the answer's in a different direction altogether. I know I've told you before, I'll tell you again because it's just such a good illustration. I used to have a, a woman that cut my hair. And uh, Leah, Leah used to ha- use the same woman. And she was a good woman. She was a, a denominational Christian, born again. Uh, she had been raised in, a, in a, a pastor's home. Her father was a pastor for, I guess, all of, uh, of his adult life. He finally retired at an elderly age, you know. And, and uh, uh, she loved God. She was, she was uh, a born-again person. She was involved in church. She was, uh, I think she was the pianist in church, you know, and that was a large church she went to. And she was involved. Her family was involved. Her husband, her children were all involved in church. She loved God. But she had this idea that everything that, essentially, everything that happened in life was because God was showing her something. And I remember that the, the years in which she cut my hair was a time when her daughter, I think she had two daughters, not real clear, but I know she had a couple of daughters. And from the time they were in uh, like high school, middle high school, up until they had graduated from college and were in the uh, uh, workplace, those were the years that I uh, went to her and she cut my hair. And she was a talker. I mean, she didn't stop. I never hardly said a word. She just talked constantly the whole time she cut my hair. And she was always talking about the things that were going on in her children's lives. And, you know, when a, when a, a kid's in high school, decisions are being made. A lot of things that, that are important that they're trying to decide about their future and what they're going to do and, and so forth. They're, they're making a lot of decisions and going into college, you know, just decisions, decisions. And they were always coming to her for prayer and she would pray over them. And, and uh, for instance, if they were, uh, you know, when it was time to, to make application to go to college, you know, they had a college, you know, that her daughter really wanted to go to and, and, uh, and she needed a scholarship, you know, so she put her uh, application in there and, and, and she didn't, she got accepted, but she wasn't offered a scholarship. And, and then she put her application in a couple other schools, you know, that she really wasn't interested in going to and one of them offered her a scholarship. And, and the, the classic phrase that this woman would always say to her daughters and she would tell me about, she'd say, see there, the Lord's just showing you he didn't want you to go to that other college. And when it was, you know, when they were in college and they were trying to decide, you know, what, uh, what path to take, you know, what to major in. Everything that, it seemed that everything that happened to them, God was in it. And that was how he was revealing his will. 
when it was time to graduate and go into the workforce. You know, they had this, this girl, she, she, young woman, she wanted to, to go a certain direction, work for a certain company. She just had her heart set on that. She wanted to, but then that didn't work out. Well, then that's not the will of the Lord because it didn't work out. See, the Lord was just showing you. Remember, did she tell you the same thing? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, the Lord's just showing you that he wants you to do this other. Well, I heard somebody this past week make a statement, uh, a preacher that I, I thought was real good. Because some people think that everything that happens to them in life, that this is, it, it's, it's, it's God. God's responsible, and this is how he directs his life, their life. And he made this statement, I thought it was real good, this, this preacher, he said, in order for me to believe that everything that happens to me in life is God's will, I have to say then that everything I've ever done was God's will. Because there's a little uh, principle in the scripture that says whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if everything that happens to me is God's will, that could only be a result of everything I've ever done being God's will. Well, who wants to step up and claim that? <laughs> Is there anybody here that would say everything I've ever done in life was the will of God? I've always followed God's will. No. Is there anybody that would say just recently everything I've done? <laughs> well, if there are consequences to everything we do, and not everything we do is according to God's plan for our life, then how can everything that happens to us be a revelation of God's plan for us? It couldn't be. It just absolutely couldn't be. But people feel like, you know, that uh, that's the way they're supposed to determine God's plan. If certain things happen, then God has opened a door. And there are believers that are always praying and always talking about open doors, closed doors. Well, you know, I was going to go do so-and-so, but the Lord closed that door on me. Well, everything that happens in life isn't God. The devil can close doors and open doors. Isn't that right? I mean, just because things are going well for you doesn't necessarily mean it's the plan of God for you. And just because things are not going well for you doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. Consider the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul is the one who talked about open and closed doors. That's where people get this. They get it from Paul's writings. Go with me over to, uh, go to Acts chapter 14. Let's talk about open and closed doors for just a moment. Because I hear this very often. People say, well, you know, such and such happened, so I guess the Lord's closing that door. He didn't want me to go that way. In, in Acts chapter 14, now you remember, I'll give you a little brief history. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch, and there were a group of ministers there, and they were praying and seeking God. And the Spirit of God said, Separate me, Barnabas and Paul. Or saw for the work I have for them. And they were, they were sent out by the Holy Ghost and by these other ministers. They laid hands on them and sent them out. So they went out on what we call Paul's first missionary journey. 
And so they went to a bunch of uh, places and they first of all went to the Jews into the synagogues, but they, didn't re uh, they weren't well received there. And so they uh, turned their attention to the Gentiles at every place, you know, they had a great work of God among the Gentiles. And so they went around and ministered and a lot of things happened to them. Not all of it was good, amen. And, uh, but the will of the Lord was done. And so when they returned, it says in verse 27 of chapter 14, well, let's start in verse 26. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church, that is the local church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So they were, they were claiming and, and saying God had opened a door for us to minister to the Gentiles. But I want you to notice the door didn't open until they went. They didn't wait for God to open a door and then determine this was the will of God. No, the Spirit of God directed them and they went where they went because they were led of the Spirit and a lot of good things happened and they talk about it, but a lot of bad things happened to them too. Paul was stoned and left for dead on this trip. The Jews and the, and the Gentiles in some areas, uh, this, this is when some really difficult things happened to them. And they were persecuted and driven out of town. So if you look at it in the natural realm, it would seem like Surely we must be out of the will of God. We've encovered, in, 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 uh, encountered all of this trouble and all of this opposition. But no, right in the middle of that opposition and that trouble, they had to, in the spirit realm, they had to fight for everything they accomplished. It wasn't an easy trip. And he said, the Lord opened the door for us. Amen. Go with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Hallelujah. Paul is writing in, from Ephesus. Paul was in Ephesus when he wrote this letter to the Corinthians. Verse five says, now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way. But I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened for me and there are many adversaries. Notice he said, I'm gonna tarry in Ephesus because a great and effective door has been opened for me. But there are many adversaries. You can't judge whether the door's been opened or closed by what kind of opposition you meet. And he was in Ephesus when he wrote this. Well, without taking the time, because we're running out of time this morning, but without taking the time, you'll remember if you go back 
to the 19th chapter of the book of Acts in Ephesus is when Paul ran into all of that opposition from, from the uh, uh, Diana, you know, the worshipers of Diana. And there was this big uh, turmoil and, and, and uh, uh, people were beaten and drawn before the magistrates. It was just a really ugly scene. And he said another place, I fought beasts, wild beasts in Ephesus, <laughs> figuratively speaking. So it was a very difficult time. And yet, even though it was difficult, this was the door that God opened. So people are always saying, well, you know, anything that happens that, that seems to challenge what they want to do, well, God closed that door. That's not meant for me. That's not true at all. That, you, God, God opens a door for you to do his will. And there will be difficulties and there will be challenges following God's plan. You can count on it. Amen. Because again, if, if, being, uh, if everything going right meant that a person was, was in the will of God, the apostle Paul was out of the will of God his entire ministry. Because everywhere he went, there was trouble. There was a, a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him everywhere he went. But he was in the will of God. Hallelujah. Well, God wants you to know his plan. Some people are led by their feelings. I came out of a, a great... Uh, uh, environment of feeling conscious people. And, and people would say, well, I just feel like the Lord heard me. I, when I prayed this time, you know, I, I, haven't been, I haven't been feeling like it, but this time on Sunday night, when I prayed, I just really feel like the Lord heard me. Well, he heard you whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> yeah, feelings, circumstances, Open doors, closed doors. See, all of this is in the natural realm. The open doors, closed doors, seemingly that, you know, the doors that seem to be open and closed, that's just another way of saying, well, circumstances are favorable. That's all in the natural realm. You will never discern the will of God for your life looking in the natural. Because, see, this is looking in the natural. But that's not where God leads. He doesn't lead in the natural because he's not natural. He's supernatural. God is a spirit. So he's gonna lead spiritually, not naturally. Amen. Well, I've just been praying about doing so and so and somebody just came up and they just confirmed that to me. They just told me how this could work perfectly and that's just a confirmation. Oh, really is it? Not necessarily. God confirms things on the inside of us. That's how he leads us. Amen. See, it, it, this way of being led by circumstances and feelings and slammed doors and open doors. And, you know, Paul, when he, he would just kick open the door, praise God. I mean, he heard from God, this is where I'm going. If there's opposition, I'll just kick the door open and keep on going. Sometimes you have to do that because the enemy will try to close doors. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, that's a, that's a very poor way to discern the will of God. Well, it, it's a no way to discern the will of God because you're not discerning the will of God that way. But even when you seem to be discerning the will of God by looking at circumstance, it's a, it's a pitiful way to do it because it's a hit and miss kind of thing. God has a better way of leading his children than some hit and miss method. 
of sometimes you, you get it right and sometimes you don't and you just, you know, just suck it up and try to do your best and hope that it all turns out. That's not the way God leads us. He has a much better way than that. Amen. Praise God. Turn to Romans chapter eight. I'll just get this introduced today, but that's all right. Praise God. In Romans chapter eight, it says in verse 14, I want you to see this in a little different light than maybe you've looked at it before. Well, let's start in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Did you know trying to discern the will of God by natural means is living according to the flesh? Yeah, it is. Even though your purpose is to do the will of God, if you're allowing natural things to dictate what you should do, you're still living according to the flesh. He said, we're, we're, we have no obligation to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're gonna die. <laughs> How many of you have gotten into things that you thought, dear Lord, I, I really thought this was your plan. I really thought I was obeying you, but uh, dear Lord, this is, this is just a disaster. And I, am I gonna live or die? <laughs> well, if you keep following after the flesh, you're not gonna make it. He said, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I wanna read that again. For as many as are led by the spirit of God. We could say that a different way. All those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God, here's what he's saying. God has a unique way of leading his own children that the world can't know. God has a unique way of leading his own, his own children, his own sons and daughters. He has a unique way that is not open, it's not available to the world. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God, these are the sons of God. See, God has a way for us in the world before you were born again. It was all you could, all you could do was sort of try to plot your course according to what you thought was best and what you wanted to do. And sometimes it didn't work out very good. I remember as a young man, I was only 20 years old when I got back in the fellowship with the Lord. I'd been saved and, and you know, as a, as a youngster. But I'd been backslidden for several years. Now you wouldn't think 20 years old, you know, you could have gotten into much trouble. And I, you know, I had, I was burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, living life, you know, just kind of wild. And, and uh, the Lord began to deal with me. And, uh, you know, I, I began to look around and I, I, I saw the outcome of people's lives. I, I, I made it a point. I didn't really intend to do this, but, but suddenly God just sort of illuminated this to me. And I started looking at old people. 20-year-old young man. I was looking at old people and I saw so many people who obviously had wasted their lives and it was apparent they'd wasted their entire lives. 
They'd thrown their families away and you know, and that's what I was doing. I was doing everything I could to destroy my family, my marriage. I mean, that's just the life I was living. And, I, and, and God just sort of, you know, just sort of opened my eyes and I saw all these people, older people. They'd thrown their lives away. And they didn't, they'd had no family anymore. They'd run everybody off. They had, they had, you know, just wasted everything that was ever given to them. And I saw, that's the path you're going down. And I, I began to, uh, to see that, you know, what I, what I thought and what I wanted and what my ideas were uh, might not be the best for me. Because I'm sure, looking at these old people, I'm sure they didn't just do this intentionally. They didn't end up shipwrecked. They didn't end up just with nothing and nobody sitting alone somewhere because they chose that for themselves. I'm sure when they were my age, they had all the rosy plans and the great ideas and things were gonna go great. And I thought, yeah, and I'm like, just like they were. No, I, I, I began to, to see that if I was gonna get to the place in life where it would be good for me, if I was gonna end up happy and satisfied and fulfilled, I better have some direction. I better have some direction from somebody that knows more about what's ahead of me than I do. And of course, I turned my life back over to the Lord, got back into fellowship with him, and he began to reveal his will to me. Hallelujah. Everything's different now. I, I, I know, I know I would not be here in, I mean, not preaching, obviously, because if I hadn't followed his will, I wouldn't be preaching. But I, what I'm saying is I wouldn't be at a place in my life where I'm satisfied today if I hadn't followed God's plan. And God has spoken to people to do different things. And if you're not following his plan for your life, it's not gonna turn out good for you. He said that he will lead you by his spirit. Amen. In John chapter 16, you know, any unsaved person, we'll go there and say, go ahead and turn to it, but any unsaved person can be led by circumstances. It doesn't take any, you don't even have to know God to be led by your circumstances. Just to, just to go through life interpreting everything that happens to you as the will of God. I mean, sinners can do that. God has a better way for us to know his plan. God has a fail-safe way for us to pursue his plan. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God doesn't lead his children by natural means, but by supernatural means. Did I tell you where to turn in John? John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Verse number 13. When he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now let me stop right here and I'll probably stop on this point. The Holy Spirit guides. Do, do, does anybody know what it means to have a guide in the natural? If you're gonna go into the jungle somewhere, are you paying attention, Melissa? <laughs> if you're gonna go into the jungle somewhere, you know, if you've never been there, it's good to have a guide. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want a guide to meet me at the, at the uh, mouth of the river 
and just write down. Now, go out here. When you see this tree stump, you know, turn there and then get in a boat and follow this other creek. And when you see this uh, tree, do this. Here, bye. That's not, a, that's not the kind of guide I'm interested in. I want the fellow who'll go with me. Amen? See, that's what a guide does. A guide goes with you. He's there at every turn. He doesn't try to tell you and describe the entire trip and tell you everything that's gonna happen and every twist and turn because you can't handle it. You're not gonna understand what he's talking about. You, you, you wouldn't even recognize it when you got there if he just described it to you. And, and it's that way with the Holy Spirit. He is a guide. That is a progressive revelation. When the spirit of truth has come, he will not send you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll take you by the hand and take you from point to point to point to point. And he'll show you things along the way. A guide is somebody that can stop and say, hold on a minute, did you notice this? You were about to pass right by this, but did you notice? There's a particular type of tree that only grows around here. Did you? No, I didn't know that. Well, take a look at it. There are, there are birds that only inhabit this part of the world. Did you know that? Know that? No, I didn't know. Have you ever seen it before? No. Well, take a look at it. A guide can show you things along the way. The Spirit of God is our guide. He has not been sent to, to tell us where to go so much as to show us where to go, to guide us. And it's, and it's a lifelong pursuit. He's only gonna show you what you need to know for now. And he'll show you about the future, but he'll only show you what you need to know about the future now. Notice what it says here. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak, everybody say speak, speak. of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will, what? Speak. speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Speak, tell, Declare, the Holy Spirit is a communicator. Well, he never tells me anything. Sweetheart, you're not listening because he speaks. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a feeling. He, he's not an experience. A lot of spirit-filled believers, I, I think that's their concept of the Holy Spirit is he's an experience. I was filled with the Spirit. I had a great experience. And he's been a great influence in my life. He's, he will influence you, and there are experiences to be had, but he's a person. And because he's a person, he talks. It's the first thing that little babies do when they're born. They start talking. Now, they don't know how to talk, but they try. I mean, they're making noises. The only, one, the only thing they know to do is to make noises and they just make noises. And they, if they're not happy, they make noises. If they, don't, you know, if they don't feel good, they make noises. If they don't know what to do, they, know, they make noises. If they, if they don't know how to turn over, they make noises. They just, they're communicating as best they can. And lo, the day comes when they actually start to talk. 
Jack was in our house one day and he was just talking, 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 talking. Have you noticed that? Talking, 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 talking. And, and Pastor Andrew says, Jack, you talk all the time. He said, yeah, I know it. And he just kept talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People talk. People communicate. Well, why would it be any different? The Holy Spirit is a communicator. And he will guide you, that is progressively. He doesn't tell you everything along the, uh, ahead of time. But as he goes, he'll tell you things. He'll tell you things to come. He won't tell you everything, but he'll tell you what you need to know. So you can be prepared, amen? Well, praise the Lord. We'll stop here and we'll, we'll go on next week and go a little further in this. God wants you to know his plan for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.